This is Search for Truth, your Bible teaching program. Hello and thanks for tuning in. Today, Brian brings us talk number four on the subject of Christian faithfulness and loyalty. The series is called, Would You Also Go Away? Now, in this series of Bible-based talks, Brian is challenging our commitment and allegiance to the Christian faith and discipleship. And today's talk is called, A Different Kind of Fire. So, Brian, tell us more. Thanks, John. The day began like many others. The four brothers were already very familiar with their duties. They were Israel's first priests, the sons of Aaron, the high priest and brother to Moses, the nation's leader. Exclusive privileges belonged to their family. Through them, the people drew near to their God. They were, as always, busily occupied with officiating at the great altar in the courtyard, surrounding the special tent known as the tabernacle. There they presided over the sacrifices which the people brought. There were four or five main categories of offerings, and the priests had to know the different treatment and procedure for each type. It was a responsible job. Of that there was no doubt. For through their uncle Moses, God had warned how departures from his detailed instructions would spell instant death. How could they forget this? Every day they were reminded of God's holiness as they looked to the back part of the tent before which they served and saw a column of cloud rising heavenwards. This cloud became a pillar of fire by night, and it was the highly visible token that their God was near, being in residence in that sacred tent before which they served. But there's always the danger that time-consuming and detailed procedures, which we don't fully understand, can become tedious to us, tempting us into taking shortcuts. I well remember doing this many years ago with the cleansing routine for contact lenses. I was trying to minimise expense and save time, but I later paid for it when I suffered with ulcers. Two of the four brothers we talked about a moment ago perhaps felt like taking a shortcut too, or just doing something different for a change. Their names were Nadab and Abihu. One day, they decided to try an experiment. God had specified that the only fire to be used in the service of his house was the fire which he himself had kindled from heaven on the great altar in the tabernacle courtyard. But was it strictly necessary to use that fire, and only that fire? Well, experiment they did, and the result is recorded in Leviticus chapter 10. Now Nadab and Abihu... The sons of Aaron took their respective firepans and, after putting fire in them, placed incense on it and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. And fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. The fire they offered was strange in that God had not authorised it. They didn't use the fire which God had kindled, the fire on the altar that was always kept burning. It was a fatal mistake, and for it they were consumed in summary judgment. Of course, and quite naturally, Aaron, their father, is deeply shocked. He at once begins to remonstrate with Moses. But Moses said to Aaron, It is what the Lord spoke, saying, By those who come near me, I will be treated as holy, and before all the people... I will be honoured. So Aaron therefore kept silent. I find that remarkable. Aaron kept silent. 
he closed his mouth. There was, in fact, nothing to be said. His sons had not treated God as holy. They hadn't honoured God, and they'd paid the terrible price for that as God's judgment fell on them. This was indeed what the Lord had spoken, and there was nothing more to be said. This is an example of what we read in Paul's letter to the Romans. Romans 3 and verse 19 says, Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be closed and all the world may become accountable to God. Today, many take it upon themselves to grumble at God and blame him for whatever happens. But this verse by Paul in Romans shows that in the final analysis, all will be thoroughly convinced. The argument will be so conclusive that they'll have nothing to reply. All objections will be silenced. Some atheists have declared that when they get to the other side, should it exist, and stand before God, should he exist, they'll simply say, you never gave me enough evidence. But they won't say that. Everyone's reaction in the coming day will be as Aaron's was back then, total silence. You see, someone has imagined that at the end of time, billions of people seated on a great plain before God's throne. Most shrank back from the brilliant light before them, but some groups near the front talked heatedly, not cringing, with cringing shame, but with belligerence. Can God judge us? How can he know about suffering? Snapped a pert young brunette. She ripped open a sleeve to reveal a tattooed number from a Nazi concentration camp. We endured terror, beatings, torture, death. In another group, a Negro boy lowered his collar. What about this? he demanded, showing an ugly rope burn. Lynched for no crime but being black. In another crowd, there was a pregnant schoolgirl with sullen eyes. Why should I suffer? she murmured. It wasn't my fault. Far out across the plain were hundreds of such groups. Each had a complaint against God for the evil and suffering he had permitted in his world. How lucky God was to live in heaven, where all was sweetness and light, where there was no weeping or fear, no hunger or hatred. What did God know of all that man had been forced to endure in this world? For God leads a pretty sheltered life, they said. So each of these groups sent forth a leader, chosen because he had suffered the most. A Jew, a Negro, a person from Hiroshima, a horribly deformed arthritic, a thalidomide child. In the centre of the vast plain they consulted with each other. At last they were ready to present their case, it was rather clever. Before God could be qualified to be their judge, he must endure what they had endured. Their decision was that God should be sentenced to live on earth as a man. Let him be born a Jew. Let the legitimacy of his birth be doubted. Give him a work so difficult that even his family will think him out of his mind. Let him be betrayed by his closest friends. Let him face false charges be tried by a prejudiced jury and convicted by a cowardly judge. Let him be tortured. At the last, let him see what it means to be terribly alone. Then let him die, so there can be no doubt that he died. Let there be a great host of witnesses to verify it.
as each leader announced his portion of the sentence, loud murmurs of approval went up from the throng of people assembled. When the last had finished pronouncing sentence, there was a long silence. No one uttered a word, for suddenly all knew that God had already served his sentence. If we come back again to Aaron and his surviving sons, we find that not only were they too silent before God's judgment, but they weren't even allowed to mourn or bury their sons and brothers. But Moses said to Aaron and to his sons Eleazar and Ithamar, Do not uncover your heads nor tear your clothes, so that you will not die, and that he will not become wrathful against all the congregation. But your kinsmen, the whole house of Israel, shall bewail the burning which the Lord has brought about. You shall not even go out from the doorway of the tent of meeting, or you will die, for the Lord's anointing oil is on you. So they did according to the word of Moses. Talk about a tough day at the office. But Moses even seemed to think that such a bad day might just be about to get worse. For in despair, he discovered that Aaron hadn't followed standard procedures with the sin offering. In Leviticus 10 and verse 16, Moses searched carefully for the goat of the sin offering, and behold, it had been burned up. So he was angry with Aaron's surviving sons, Eleazar and Ithamar, saying, Why did you not eat the sin offering at the holy place? Without doubt, Moses was afraid of further judgment from God. But Aaron spoke to Moses, When things like these happened to me, if I had eaten a sin offering today, would it have been good in the sight of the Lord? When Moses heard that, it seemed good in his sight. Surely we can sympathise with Aaron when he says, When things like these happened to me, it had really been a tough day to lose two of his sons like that. In the circumstances, he'd not felt that the holy privilege of eating the remains of the sin-offering goat was one that the remaining members of his family could worthily enjoy. If only Nadab and Abihu had been as sensitive as that. Instead, they'd conducted an unauthorised worship experiment on the presumption that it surely can't be all that important that we stick closely to God's instructions. One day we too will have to give an account to the Lord for what we've done with his detailed commandments. Will we have anything to say? If you would like to make any comment or ask a question about any of Brian's talks, then please do write in. And as usual, a transcript booklet of all the talks in this series is available. 
If you'd like to receive one copy or more than one copy for group Bible study or to pass on to friends, then do so and please make sure to let us have your postal address. Ask for the title, Would You Also Go Away? Now, you can also download our booklets via the internet or you can order by email or by post. First, I'll give you the postal address. Search for Truth, Church of God, Downing Drive, Leicester, LE56LN, UK. And now, here's our email address. It's sft at churchesofgod.info Now, you can also download MP3 versions of some past programmes on your computer, or you might like to go to use the podcast player on our website. You go to www.searchfortruth.org.uk Now, some titles of Search for Truth booklets are also available at amazon.co.uk forward slash Kindle ebooks. Just type Search for Truth series into the search box. And more back copy titles are constantly being made available, so it's worth going on uh, several times. Uh, Sadly, we must leave you now. But many thanks for the pleasure of your company today. It's been great to have you with us. And please join us again next week if you can. But for now, it's very best wishes from our Bible teacher, Brian, and from David, our studio technician, and our singers and me, John. So cheerio, and may God richly bless you. Yeah.